and welcome back to the podcast. I'm the host, Sean Boyce. I'd like to welcome my guest to the show today, Nick Yarnell, who's a serial entrepreneur. Hey, Nick, how are you? And thanks for being on the show. Hey, Sean. Doing great. Thank you very much for having me on the show. It's uh, definitely a pleasure to be here. Yeah, we're looking forward to kind of experimenting with a new format for the podcast today where Nick, you and I have worked together uh, quite a bit on what you're working on from a product perspective currently, which I'm going to allow you to tell that story, of course. But uh, today we're going to kind of just explore your background, what you have been working on recently, share some of your recent wins, and then do kind of like a working session together. So for other folks that are going through something similar, they can learn from your experience and us working together. But before we get into that, if you wouldn't mind, please, for the listeners, give more information about your background in terms of like what you've done and you know up to and including what you're working on now. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I guess where I kind of want to start you know, my quote unquote story um, is you know, with my experience working in a makerspace. So for, for those of you who aren't familiar with what a makerspace is, it's basically the, the culmination of you know, everything you would ever need to make a prototype or, um, you know, a minimum viable product. So we're talking about, you know, a metal shop with making tape welding, wood shop studio, jewelry studio, 3D printing, laser studio, electronics. Um, that's, you know, when I started working in an environment like that, that's what really kicked off, um, you know, my passion and, and the, the urge to create things. Um, so, you know, I started really heavily diving into working with 3D printers. Um, this was about uh, 2016, maybe 2017. Um, so I've been doing it for, for quite a while now. The, the first company I actually launched was related to 3D printing. We, we provided emergency 3D printing for disaster relief. Um, we you know, subsequently partnered with a um, relief company based out of Philadelphia, a nonprofit organization. Uh, I had the luxury, or not luxury, but, you know, pleasure of going to areas like Puerto Rico and, and Guatemala uh, in wakes of the, you know, not recent anymore, but the hurricanes, the, the, the big natural disasters that kind of decimated the infrastructure over there. Um, so it was really, really interesting to start working on, um, you know, 3D printing in different areas, seeing what those needs were in these different communities. Uh, whether that be big or small, whether it be you know, water filtration systems or, um, you know, maybe replacing a piece of machinery that's not being manufactured anymore in a different country. Um, so as you can tell, I'm, I'm pretty passionate about 3D printing. i um, been doing it for a while now. Uh, I do a lot of early stage prototyping for other startup companies. Um, I've been you know, working with a, a bottling manufacturer now doing pre-production models. Um, you know, to, what we do is we, we technically 3D print the models and then they ship them out to clients to get approved before the bottles actually go into production. Um, but, you know, aside from the 3D printing stuff, I'm, I'm a huge nerd, <laughs> big into Star Wars, uh, Game of Thrones, you know, that that whole world. Uh, so I find myself you know, um, making, you know, kind of hobbyist items as well. So um, you know, geeking out over video games. Um, and there's this one sort of device in particular that I've been fiddling with over the past few months. Uh, it's called the Retroid Pocket 2, and it is an emulation-style uh, video game handheld system uh, where you can put about, um, I would say, 15 to 16 different 
video game systems on it, and it can internally house, you know, thousands and thousands of, of, of retro games that, you know, you once grew up with. Um, so I will kind of leave it at that right now. Um, and Sean, if you have any follow-up questions, uh, anything you want me to delve deeper into, I'd be happy to answer that for you. Of course, and will do. You know me. Thank you for sharing that background. <laughs> and I love the retro gaming aspect. That's just so cool. And I'm, I'm a little older these days, but I was uh, pretty active in gaming back in the day. So it's already got me, uh, the gears turning in my head, thinking about the nostalgia and reliving those uh, days and all the fun that I had playing with those older games, which is really cool. So I think that's kind of where I'd like to go next. And that's what Nick, you and I have been working on more recently as I've been hoping to like build and grow what you're working on. Um, I, and obviously for the listeners as well, too, something that I want to mention, obviously, Nick, you're very active in the physical product space. So you have a lot of experience here and that's what we're talking about today is kind of, it has uh, applications for other virtual products as well too, like we mentioned gaming, but you're talking about um, building, designing, creating, selling, that type of thing, some physical products, which is another aspect of what we talk about on the show as well too. Uh, same concepts apply, of course. So if you wouldn't mind, talk a little bit more about that device in particular, the one that we've been uh, working on together that you've had some recent traction and success with. So be cool to learn more about that. Uh, so if you could explain it for the audience, talk about what it is, and perhaps we'll kind of get into from there where you are phase-wise with that product. Definitely, definitely. Um, so you know, to be honest, I, I, I do run another company outside of what I'm currently working on. Um, and uh, we, we, we kind of hit a, a, a bit of a low spot where I'm you know, starting to um, you know, scale down business development on, on that side of the business, if you will. Uh, so with the free time, I, I, I really took up, uh, or, or not took up, but took the opportunity uh, to learn a little bit more about 3D modeling and design. Um, I gave myself, you know, a couple of weeks to you know, go through some YouTube videos, learn a few different things. Um, and ultimately, you know, what I found myself going back to was that Retroid Pocket, you know, retro style handheld gaming system. Um, I, I, to start off, the people who buy those devices, it's, you're there. It, it's not a Nintendo switch. You're not going to find people who own them everywhere. Um, so it's, it's a very hyper niche market. And what I found was while the device is available for people to purchase, there is no dedicated docking station for the device. So in other words, you can't plug this device into your TV right away and start playing on a bigger screen rather than having the portable handheld option. Uh, so, you know, using that lull time that, you know, I just mentioned, uh, I, I, I really took the opportunity to um, improve my skills in 3D modeling and wound up completely designing my, my own docking station for this device. Uh, and I was fortunate enough to, you know, have some community collaboration through Reddit uh, they they have a subreddit on there, uh, r slash retroid, if you want to check it out. Um, so I initially posted, you know, hey, guys, you know, this is kind of what I'm working on. What do you want to see in, in a docking station that's solely dedicated to this device? And you know, I, I, I took that advice, that feedback, ran with it. And in the span of about four, four and a half weeks, I had tons and tons of different 3D printed prototypes um, that I had worked through, and, and I finally landed on on a final design. Um, so here I am, one week with my Shopify store open. Um, I've made 
uh, or not made, but I've, I've sold over 10 units so far. Um, they're completely customized. So you can just go on to the store, select your own color pairings. Um, and it's, it's, it's pretty neat. It houses the entire device. There's anti-scratch padding on the inside. So your device won't get messed up. There are uh, rubber feet on the bottom of the device. So your furniture does not get messed up. There is uh, internal inter interdependently working buttons on the top of the dock station as well. So you can control the device without having to take it out of the docking station. Uh, and it, the, the whole thing's completely modeled to kind of give you that nostalgic, uh, you know, retro gaming style feel. Uh, so that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, we are still very much in the uh, infancy stage of launching this project. Uh, it is, what I like to say, it's, it's, it's basically version one of uh, three. Um, this is the Bluetooth-only style dock. Uh, the next one that I plan on launching will have four USB ports. You could plug in your Nintendo 64 controllers directly to the dock station and, and have a go at that. Um, version three, you know, the, the final iteration, I'm going to actually be developing my own controllers, uh, Bluetooth-style controllers that match the actual device and match the docking station that I've created. Um, so it's, it's, it's really, really been a lot of fun, learned a ton, um, have gotten quite a few offers to have my dock station reviewed on official retro handheld gaming YouTube channels. So that's, that's pretty cool. So I'm hoping, uh, you know, when, when, when these YouTubers start reviewing my dock station, I'm going to be picking up a few more sales here and there. So. That's super cool, man. Uh, there's a number of things you hit on there that I would reiterate for folks that are listening in because I talk about these in pieces, but it's cool to kind of bring things together, uh, bring these real life examples of people going through these steps and making this kind of progress and then hearing about it directly from someone like that. So thank you for sharing the story, but you mentioned kind of, uh, if I were to summarize, right, starting with a target market customer, going and doing some discovery, right? You mentioned Reddit as a source for that, where kind of go to an area where I refer to as like a watering hole, where it's People uh, that are like-minded or a specific type of customer or that have something in common, whatever it is, people that you're looking to help with solving a particular problem, hang out. And Reddit was a good example of that in this case, where you kind of just engage with the community to get back a bunch of discovery feedback to learn more about, you know, anyway, long story short, here's who I am, here's what I'm trying to do, and I'm looking to get an idea for what your needs and wants are, what problems or challenges you're having, and then that guided you towards the product and creating a prototype for it, right? And they did some testing with it, uh, created and eventually had something that solves problems for the people that you did the discovery with through the advances and what's available to 3D printing and prototyping, you're able to create the physical product in a short period of time. You mentioned a few weeks, which is amazing progress for that period of time. And then with the other resources available, like Shopify store, which I know is something we talked about, now you're able to take orders online via that e-commerce website, provide links back to the same people who had a need like that. And you've had some pretty strong results thus far in terms of people, you know, people expressing interest in this, but actual like taking orders, those orders converting and then paying for the product right now, you're in the process of manufacturing them, shipping them through the process that you have today, uh, which is really cool. So, I mean, from where you started to where you are now, hasn't been a significant amount of time, but you have made a lot of progress. And now you're talking about starting to kind of generate word of mouth. The feedback is starting to come in, uh, getting, you know, in terms of 
the performance of the product and uh, you're picking up other areas, which like channel, potential channel partnership options where you're going to get people that, uh, you know, have uh, significant authority in the space to raise awareness, uh, to gain even more exposure, which will give you more data, help refine the product from there. And, you know, eventually it just kind of rolls and it builds a lot of momentum in that way. The one thing I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more in terms of like what's next is you talked about different versions of the product and adding features to it, essentially. In our sessions, I have an idea where that's come from, but I'd love you to tell that story as well, too, in terms of like, how did you learn about how to go from where you started to the additional components that you've added? Like you mentioned, USB ports, you mentioned the Bluetooth technology, stuff like that. Um, Share that story as well, too, if you don't mind. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and that's that's 100% a good thing to touch on, you know, because I've, I've been able to connect with this this Reddit community, the, the Retroid subreddit over there. Um, I've been able to generate a lot of hype. I've, in a short period of time, I have a lot of people following my personal Reddit page now. And there, most people are on are actually on a wait list for version two and version three of this docking station. Um, but, you know, initially when I set out to do this, it started as a hobby project to really just better my own skills and, and fill a, a, a need that I had. Um, and as soon as I recognized that other people might have this and that, okay, it's not being made, you know, I, I, I wanted to pick the, the quickest and fastest possible route um, to capitalize on that, you know, be the first mover. Um, be that you know, um, household name in, in the Retroid community. Um, so I decided to go with the Bluetooth version as version one um, because it was simply the, I'll use this term again, it was my minimum viable product. It was my fastest way to market. Um, and, you know, I could have very easily spent, you know, three, four, five more weeks on, uh, um, making a universal dock that doesn't just do Bluetooth, but, you know, it has the USB ports in there. It comes with, you know, the customized Bluetooth controllers. Um, But, you know, there are some people that might not want that. And that is something that I had to take a step back and kind of recognize. Um, To me, I mean, I'm not the type of person to, you know, plug in uh, USB controllers. I'm just kind of going to use what's there um and what i have um so it made sense to me to kind of diversify my revenues you know fill the needs that or the particular needs that each retro handheld customer might have um and by spacing out different product launches that allows me to build a little bit more hype around those launches so with the release of version one the bluetooth only model um i actually just did my first uh raffle or giveaway for that dock. Uh, and then doing so, you know, I made my own um, dedicated post on, on the Reddit community. And, and I was able to actually generate over 300 comments on that single post, which more than tripled, uh, you know, the, the number of or historical number of, of comments that any one particular post in that community has ever had. Uh, so even though, you know, 299 out of 300 people might not have won the dock. It at least instilled some interest in there. They know that my product is out there. 
and because of that specific post, you know, I was able to take a lot of orders in. And the lucky winner who got this, um, it's going to be shipped to Switzerland. So it's pretty, pretty interesting that you know there are people all around the world who not just want this product, but you know, are are in tune with me. Uh, you know, my hobbies, my likes, you know, find value in this um, and uh, are looking forward to version two and version three. So that's so cool. Uh, it's such an, uh, such an exciting journey to, to describe for the show. And I want other listeners to, to know what's, what's entirely possible, right? And the strategy that you've used to kind of get there has helped do that in a relatively short period of time. Right. And it always helps to get as targeted as you can in the beginning. That's the easiest way to get the best data to learn more about what you should do or not do, because the data winds up being really valuable. Like it's, it's very specific and it's very pointed in terms of here's what to do, here's what not to do. And then if you're you know, getting very niche like that, it's also easier to get direct feedback because the customers have a lot in common. Right. And like you said, with what's available today via Reddit communities and you know, just the globally connected uh, supply chain for the most part, you can connect with people all over the world and relatively quickly. Um, and then as you build momentum there, that starts gaining interest and you learn about other areas you can explore as well also. So as you gain customers to solve a specific problem, any customer that you're going to solve a specific problem for has other problems, right? And as they're thinking through where they're going to go to get solutions to that problem, then it's going to be back to you because that's where they have that relationship. That's who solved their last problem. So it winds up, you know, the, the niche element and getting really targeted. There's a lot of uh, people that are trying to do this type of thing and they get, they hesitate to get specific because they feel it's limiting. It's actually the exact opposite. If you get specific, you're able to gain traction as quickly as Nick, you're telling kind of your story. And then from there, that's when you can expand, but not before that. So if you try to go too wide initially, you don't get specific enough. But if you get specific in the beginning, after you get, you know, if you achieve a certain amount of success helping folks with a specific problem, now you can expand from there. And you've got relationships with folks as you build a list of them. You can go back to them for what other needs you have. What else would you like to learn? And Nick, you've already shared some of those ideas in terms of where you can take this from here. So you've got great momentum building, and that can just continue to be you know, built upon as you learn about other problem challenges that you also want to solve. Um, so thank you for, for sharing the rest of that story. Um, next question I was going to ask was kind of what's next? Like, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go from here? Where do you want to take it? What are some of the, you know, I'm sure it, there's extent here is like equally exciting and terrifying, which is kind of the sweet spot where you probably want to live, but because I'm sure you can see it kind of rolling from here. Where do you want to take it next? And is there anything that you were not necessarily worried about, but know that you're going to need to focus on if and when the momentum continues? Sure, that's that's a great question. Uh, it it is something that I have started to think about, um, and you know the the reality is it's it's a very niche community. Like I like I've talked about before, uh, I want to say you know probably my total addressable market um, may be just shy of five hundred thousand. Um, but you know, I, I had just mentioned that I am shipping one of these dock stations over to Switzerland. Um, so you know, my total addressable market might potentially one day expand outside of what I know it to be now. 
right? As soon as I take it internationally, I might have a greater reach. Um, but the quickest way for me to gain that international status uh, to me is actually to patent the design and license out the technology, license out the technology to the company who actually makes this retro handheld device. Um, so that's that's something I've been fiddling around with right now, um, you know, looking at you know, the the existing intellectual property patents out there right now, um, you know, seeing if there is any potential for me to infringe on on what's out there. Um, I don't think the likelihood of that happening is is all that high. Uh, I do think that I am the sole first mover on this, which is a good thing. Um, but now it's just a matter of moving forward. How do I protect my own intellectual property so that I can ensure that people don't make copies of my product or go ahead and you know, decide that they want to file a, a patent um, with the you know, United States uh, Patent and Trademark Office, USPTO. Um, so it, I, I can't honestly tell you how long it's going to take to get to that level of shipping internationally and, and licensing out, um, you know, my product to, to a larger company that manufactures, uh, you know, a more expensive device like this. But uh, what I can say is, you know, it's, it's, it's just baby steps. It's a small victory. So, you know, right now I'm focusing on uh, making sure that every single one of my, my customers are happy with, you know, their single product, um, you know, building that, that client relationship, right? Um, and then making sure they're staying in tune with what's coming next in the company. Um, and, you know, not just the company, but product wise, uh, I have a given thought to add ons for version one. So while, you know, uh, my customers might be buying version one right now and then say three months later, version two uh, is released, they won't be left out of the loop. Um, so essentially what will happen is you know, they can buy version one. Um, and then they can buy the adapters to convert their version one into a version two product. Um, so it's 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 been a, a hell of an awesome time to work on. You know, kind of think through the possibilities of kind of where this could take me. And you know, I just want to kind of take it back to what I had said earlier. You know, this this all kind of started as a passion project. Um, you know, the I had some downtime. I wanted to improve my skill set, uh, learn a little bit more about three D modeling, and you know, I, I kind of found myself finding that that nice overlap between, okay, you know, professional skills and, you know, my hobby, my interests. And, and that's where I really like to live. That's where I like to work. Um, so it's, it's, it's been really great so far. That's an important element as well, too, is making sure, you know, there's, there's identifying needs, but there's also doing what you want to do and are passionate about. And that goes a long way, especially when it comes to you know, seemingly intangibles, but really I think they're more of a tangible element, which is like understanding that target market. Uh, I, I talked to a lot of folks who want to enter into a new market. They're excited about it potentially initially, but eventually that wanes a bit uh, when you realize just how much you need to dive deep into it in order to truly understand it. So that's where that passion element plays a big, important role. And right? if it's something you know, if you're talking about working with customers that you are, right, if you're building a product for yourself, it becomes that much easier to know how to position it, what problems it needs to solve, how to talk about it with others because they're thinking and doing the same things that you are. So uh, you can think of it through what would connect with you, what would connect with you, and very likely connect with someone else 
who has similar characteristics and looking for the same type of things has the same problems and challenges. So that is a huge advantage that not enough people take advantage of. Uh, it looks like it's paying off so far. So uh, thank you for sharing that story, Nick, and coming on the show to talk more about all the awesome progress that you've made. Super exciting. And, you know, we're hoping for uh, to have you come back, hopefully at some point, talk about all the cool stuff that you're working on building for lots of people and shipping them all over the world. Uh, so I'm excited by that. But before I let you go, uh, two questions for you. The first is, are there any resources in particular that you would recommend for other people hoping to do something similar where they can go to kind of learn more, pull inspiration from your story, that type of thing? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, number one resource for me is YouTube. You know, uh, they say, um, you know, don't pay someone to, to do an oil change for you. Use YouTube to kind of learn the skills and you know, save yourself $100 every time you need your oil change. So I, I, I kind of take that same mentality um, you know, towards you know, everyday things. If, if, if I find some, a skill that I'm lacking, uh, you know, I'm going to pop on YouTube and figure out if there's an easy way to start picking that up. Um, now that I'm, I'm not saying that every YouTube, um, you know, content creator is perfect or, or knows what they're talking about, but at least the information that they provide on there is a start. Um, you know, I, I, I do a lot of Googling research as well, um, to find those resources. So, you know, in my 3d printing journey, um, almost every program I've used so far is a hundred percent free. Uh, so I do all of my you know, 3D modeling on, on a 100% free platform. Um, so you know, that kind of the same philosophy that I've used to launch my products. Um, you know, what is going to be the cheapest, fastest way uh, that I can get to market? Um, only in this case, I'm the product. Uh, so that's 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 kind of the way I've, I've been looking at things. Um, and uh, you know, the the what I'm calling it, a, a pocket dock, the dock station that I've designed for this device is not the only thing that I'm doing um, either. So um, oh, I also run a, a company outside of this called Potestium where we are doing crowd management powered by artificial intelligence. Uh, and a big thing over there in, in, in that realm has been networking uh, because sometimes, you know, you have to realize that, uh, okay, um, you you in particular might have a bandwidth that you cannot exceed, you know, skill set wise. Um, so if YouTube and, and researching, Googling um, isn't going to cut it, you need to have the people in place to kind of fill those gaps, fill those voids for you. Uh, so a big thing on the that side with my other company was I lacked the uh, you know, computer science background to build the products that I wanted. So, you know, I had to know the right people at the right time, you know, build an advisory board, hire on a chief technology officer, bring on the right interns, staff, um, to kind of complement the skills that I brought to the table. Uh, so you know, it's it's just recognizing what you have and what you don't have and being able to fill those voids and gaps. Well said. Um, thank you, Nick. And Thank you for sharing the resources too. We'll link to those in the show notes. YouTube is such a great place to learn so much. It's like cost. I get caught in those loops sometimes where yeah. <laughs> I'm just watching video after video. It's tricky that way. So you got to watch that. But there's so much great information there. If you're looking for something to learn, chances are someone on there has value available potentially for free, which is uh, even better part about it. So there's a lot of stuff you can pick up from that platform. Uh, and then the last question I have for you is who should reach out to you and how can they get in touch? 
I am happy to talk to anyone who wants to talk about product or starting a company. Um, you know, I'm currently, uh, outside of everything else that I'm doing, I'm, I'm a professor at Temple University. Uh, I do teach courses, and you know, if you have a business idea, this is kind of these are kind of the steps that you need to take to get it launched. Um, I'm also a consultant at the Small Business Development Center. So I sit down with people on a daily basis and walk through their existing businesses or their hopes for starting a new company. Um, so if you have any questions you know, about starting a new company, anything on the product side, whether that be tangible, um, I guess if for anyone who is watching this video, I'm not sure if you are going to post the video, um, here's a doc. Um, this is kind of what they look like 100%. Oh my gosh. Blurry. That's what they look like, 100% 3D printed, um, and it houses this device. So pretty neat, but I'm just kind of goes to show um, I don't just work on the products or the tangible product side. I also work on the software side as well. So if you have questions, um, I'm, I'm not an expert in any one particular thing. Uh, I am a kind of a got experience a lot of things there so, so to take what you want with that information and I'm, I'm i'm happy to follow up with anyone who's who's got questions or just wants to talk shop awesome thank you nick what's the, what would be the best way for them to get in touch with you uh you have a profile or a particular platform that you would prefer them connect with you on uh definitely linkedin um but if you wanted to you know shoot me an email feel free to do so you can reach me at nick at potestium.com that's n-i-c-k at P-O-T-E-S-T-I-A-M dot com. And we'll link to that as well. Thank you, Nick. And thanks for being here. Awesome, Sean. Thank you very much. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Product Launch. I hope you got value out of it. I like to feature product people on my podcast because that's who I love to help. I'm a product strategist and I can help you scale your business and grow your profit through a product. If you'd like to learn more about how I can help you, email me at sean at nextstep.io. That's sean, S-E-A-N, at nextstep, N-X-T-S-T-E-P.io. Or visit my website at nextstep.io. That's N-X-T-S-T-E-P.io. Hey folks, Sean here, and thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you got a ton of value out of it. If you did, I'd encourage you to also sign up for my free five-day email course about launching a profitable B2B SaaS application for less than $750. If you'd like to sign up for that course, you can do so at nextstep.io forward slash B2B SaaS.